0: Welcome back, this is Katherine Klein, watching my colleague and co-host Nick Ashburn dance
1: to the music. Always, especially Lady Gaga. <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
0: that's good. It's good. So we are good. Uh, and you know, it's totally relevant. We we love it when Dion, you know, he's got the theme music going, poker he face. He always
1: gives me some hot jams. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. But you know, like this is, this is totally relevant for our next guest, uh, Jan Jones Blackhurst, EVP of External Affairs and Corporate Responsibility for Caesars Entertainment Corporation, the, uh, you know, the, the folks who run the gambling uh, in many places around the world. She, she's based in Las Vegas, where she was a two-term mayor of the city of Las Vegas. So, and, you know, I think poker is part of their, I don't know about poker face, but well, poker
1: is part of the business. You know what, Catherine, I don't know if you might have asked me this question when I was first interviewing for my role here at Wharton, but, Maybe uh, I should have. Uh, well, you know, a lot of people ask, like, you know, what, what what do you think is one of your weaknesses or something, an area for improvement? And I often And I often <laughs> say, I have no poker Fuck. face. And it's sort of a funny answer, but it's a very real answer. And I think you know that I don't really have a poker face.
0: I think I know that you don't have a poker <laughs> face. I'll just say that I think there are other folks we work with who have even less of a poker <laughs> face. I'm I'm not sure, if I have a poker face, you know. I think actually, as a professor, you actually try. Uh, as a professor who teaches in a very discussion-oriented way, you learn to try to have a poker face. Uh-huh. You know,
1: because you want to encourage open ideas and open wanna, discussion, yeah. and you can't really be like, "Ooh, you said that." <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, and I will also say that you know, there's there's some gender elements to it, right? Mm. You know, I can I can think of a recent moment where a student speaking is like. You haven't really read the readings, have you? You know? <laughs> I didn't say that, but I thought it. Yeah. like, okay, that's a really interesting point. You didn't read readings three, four, and five, and it shows. Um, yeah. So I had a poker face at that moment. I had a, had a <laughs> poker voice because I didn't say that. All right, enough of all that. We are very excited to uh, welcome Jen. Jones Blackhurst, uh, EVP of External Affairs and Corporate Responsibility for Caesar's Entertainment Corporation. Welcome to the program, Jan.
2: Delighted to be here. Great, to,
0: great th- to th- have thanks you Thanks for with putting us.
2: up with
1: our banter there. Yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> in the hospitality industry and in politics, you have to have a poker face.
0: Uh, I, I'm sure that is no true. Doubt. I'm no sure doubt. No That is true.
1: You yeah, know, customer service is not my strong I'm, suit. I'm not sure.
0: Our, <laughs> I'm not sure our president has a poker face, but we won't go there for now. <laughs> uh, so. Jen, tell us about your role. Uh, you know, I have to say that I, it is not a, you know, immediately obvious. When I think, uh, you know, Caesars Entertainment, uh, uh, that you know, used to be Harrah's, um, this is not, you know, in gambling industry. Uh, I'm not, I don't, I don't know what corporate responsibility looks like and is all about in this industry. So, um, you know, help me and our listeners understand the scope of your work.
2: You know, I, I think that, you know, to many people, You know, the casino industry is counterintuitive that it is such a leader in corporate social responsibility. But for the last 15 years, we have really been at the forefront of really leading corporate policies, policies that engage our employee base, policies that engage our customers, policies that use our corporate voice To advance initiatives, we were one, and I'll use an example one of the first large corporations to support domestic partner benefits in our legislature. We took a very active role in marriage equality. Um, When you look at sustainability and some of the others, we were one of the first to advance low carbon themes throughout energy and water use, square footage. In our space to be some of the leaders Um, energy conservation greenhouse gas emissions water consumption waste diversions you know so it's um, all of our new development are built to lead standards so it's it's unexpected but it's something that we really pride ourselves on our employees last year gave back over it was almost 560,000 hours of volunteer service to different organizations. So it, it's been a very gratifying role for me because when you're in politics, you're, you know, you're very focused on trying to give back to your communities. And this is, has allowed me to engage a 70,000 workforce in doing very much the same.
1: Jan, this is this is Nick Ashburn. I was um, actually going to go back to a little bit of your, you know, your political background, being a two-term mayor of of the city of Las Vegas. Um, so you, my, I, I wonder if my grandfather, who is who is now passed, but I wonder if he voted for you. Um, I, I would have to ask him. Uh, but um, you just mentioned, you know, there there are some transferable skills there. So what are some of the things that you might have done in, as mayor that really set you up to be able to support? you know, employee engagement and and the sort of uh, corporate responsibility efforts that you've been doing um, on the corporate
2: side. You know, it, it, it's interesting because when I ran for mayor, I came out of business and I ran on this platform, you know, that I would run government like a business. And then when I was in office, you realized very quickly that government is nothing like a business.
1: That sounds it, awfully familiar.
2: Doesn't <laughs> it? <laughs> but don't put me there. <laughs> Um, You know, it doesn't think, act, or respond. And I I think the two most important things I learned from government to take to business is the first is that you have to build consensus. You Mm -hmm. can't just go out and order things. You have to engage people. You have to, you know, speak to your your constituency and have them believe in your initiatives. And that's really worked in corporate America, because I can go out with our workforce, find out what they care about, what makes them feel passionate, and then build programs that do social good around initiatives that they care about. Um, I also saw, being a mayor, all the difference you can make in people's lives. If you're really looking at how you craft programs that that help people, whether it's help people help themselves, give them goods or services that improve their life and their livelihoods. And so when we looked at our corporate social responsibility, one of our main focus was senior programs. And and the reason we looked at that is, you know, baby boomers were a lot of our customers, so we had an older population. And in many cases, and I saw this in government and in social programs, people, seniors are sort of a forgotten group. Mm. And so we put, we just gave our 60th van to Meals on Wheels. We funded one of the last studies done in, in the United States on the incidence of senior hunger in aging populations. We did a PSA for PBS on caring for your parents. Uh, we were one of the largest funders of Alzheimer's and Alzheimer's Disease Second Wind Dreams which gives seniors an opportunity to experience again something that mattered in their life you know so we've really been able to and and this these are issues that our employees care about so it allows them to be the volunteers around these initiatives
1: and so, Jan, you know, talking from what were the transferable skills from government to the corporate sector or, you know, from the corporate sector to government, government to the corporate sector. But, you know, a lot of people that we come across certainly still believe helping people is certainly the role of the public sector, the government or civil society, nonprofit philanthropy. It very much sounds like you say business can certainly have a positive role in, in society. So how what are your thoughts on that topic? And, and what do you bring to the work here?
2: I I think, first of all, you know, philanthropic nonprofits cannot do it without business. We're the major funders. We're the people who can give the major grants and, quite frankly, should give major grants. I mean, over the last decade, we've given over $70 million to charitable initiatives and organizations. And as I said, a corporate voice, when it, it... we were one of the first companies to get a hundred percent score on the Human Rights Committee um, Equality Index, which I'm sure you're all aware of it you know sort of rates corporations on their policies as it pertains to the LGBTQ community. We were one of the first to get a hundred percent score, and then fascinatingly, once we had a hundred percent score, all the other corporations both in our industry and in the Nevada larger business community, rush to get a 100% score, too. Hmm. So you, you can use your corporate voice to encourage other corporations to evaluate their policies. Hmm. Are, are they fair? Are they forward-thinking? Are they really caring for your workforce? And, and so I think business plays a very important role. And I was listening to your um, former guest, And I really do believe, and and we're beginning to compile the data and the metrics now, that being a good corporate citizen comes back to you in many ways. I think it engages your workforce. I think it's going to be very important to speaking to and retaining a millennial workforce who really care about these policies. I think we're finding more and more that customers, if you tell them what you're doing, that they care as well. Um, in, in fact, with our 2015, our baseline, f- 67% of our citizenship scores in weekly guest surveys showed that they, they're aware of what we do and they care about what we do. Hmm. So, uh,
0: June, um tell our listeners you're the the EVP of external affairs and corporate responsibility for Caesar's Entertainment Corporation you've you've uh, mentioned that you have 70,000 employees give us a little bit more of a sense of the the business cuz i'm i'm visualizing you know it's been a long time since i've been in a I would have to say it was probably a Harrow's before it was a Caesars. Um, but give us a sense of your business and a picture of your business because I'm interested in how the work you're describing fits into these casinos, hotels.
2: You know, people, we, we operate 54 casinos in multiple forms worldwide. And, but, but I'll speak to the larger hospitality. If you look at, for say, Caesars um, in Las Vegas, it's over almost 5,000 hotel rooms. It employs, uh, all of our employees on this trip exceed 30,000. And many think of, of the gaming industry as just hospitality, front-end workers, your beverage servers, your dealers. Um, but but in fact, we have huge operations of marketers, hospitality experts, engineers, lawyers, um, IT professionals. So we really run the gamut. We're we're sort of like running little cities, going back to my political. And those employees are very involved in the community and certainly very involved, most of them, forward-facing with the guests. You know, so they're huge operations that you know one of our guiding principles is people planet play and and what it really speaks to is all of the people that we employ that we give you know not only good jobs and benefits but career paths and planet is our commitment to care for the planet um as i said you know the um all of the goals that we have around greenhouse gas emissions, energy conservation, water consumption, waste diversion, and then play is, and I think this is the thing that people sort of miss about the gaming industry. When you walk into our properties, people are happy. (laughs) They're having fun. They're laughing and they're dancing and, and they're socializing and... They're having a good time, and and that's an important element of society as well. You know, it's good to work hard, and it, it's good to play hard too, because all of that keeps you healthy and engaged.
0: Yeah. So uh, we're we're talking with Jan Jones Blackhurst, EVP of External Affairs and Corporate Responsibility for Caesar's Entertainment Corporation, and, and uh, former mayor of uh, the city of Las Vegas as well. Um, Jan, you, uh, you know, people, planet, play. Uh, you described as, you know, in the, in the in the triple bottom line is people, planet, profit. So I'm, I, I'm, I'm smiling at the play.
1: I'm actually seeing like a really fun you know, expo conference at Caesars around this topic, you know, with a live remote by dollars and change. I'm just seeing (laughs) this really come together Are you going
2: to have to scope this out for (laughs) us, (laughs) Nick? I'll I'll do it and you can dance right in. Excellent. Ah. Oh, we will. (laughs) He will. We will. It's
0: good. Okay. I'm seeing a plan. A plan is coming to play. Um, talk with us about the people element of this when you think of uh, I'm, I'm very interested in what you described about good jobs and career paths uh, you know again this is not always my image we it was a question that came up in our earlier segment not always an image of uh, you know, cell phone stores uh, not not necessarily my image of the gaming industry um, so do I have the do I you know what's the what's the response to, well, how well are you actually treating your employees? How well are you doing on benefits? How well are you doing on career paths? How well are you doing on diversity? How well are you doing on, on scheduling? Um, great that you're, you know, that you have such a strong engagement around corporate responsibility in a variety of ways. What's the people, the people part for your own employees?
2: It's so interesting. So, the average gaming employee. This is average. So it takes in our, our floor personnel all the way up to our corporate earns over $50,000 a year, and has full benefits. We are probably one of the most gender equitable, at least on the hotel and gaming side, um, of any other um, industry. We are working on it corporate. We have a a, um, CEO who is a big supporter of gender equality in the workplace, and we're reevaluating all of our family leave programs, you know, all of our goals on pay equity, representation. You know, 50% of the employees are women, but we want to make sure that those women are also the ones that are moving up into, you know, higher positions. You, You look at diversity, the same thing, our diversity in numbers. At least half of our workforce have diverse representation. As I said, people only think of the jobs they see, which are on the gaming floors and in the hotels. but you know we have you know 2,500 corporate employees who are lawyers, marketers, um, hospitality professionals, um, corporate social responsibility leaders. Um, it, it, so it's a very different environment than the perception tells
0: you. Interesting. And, and uh, you know, for you as a, a woman who's been with a company for a long time and, you know, in the the ranks of executives, um, what kind of gender diversity are you seeing, uh, you know, what would, would we expect, not what we expect, would we see uh, at the, you know, the upper echelons of, of Caesars?
2: You know, of our nine-person senior management team, two are women. Um, we, we just added, well, we're just seeding a new board and, uh, we just interviewed and appointed a really qualified, brilliant woman to the board. I think she's her name is Marilyn Spiegel. I think she's going to be a tremendous asset. We're looking. At, if you look at across my even pro, oper, property operators, I would say that at least thirty percent of our senior property operators, whether they're in finance or general managers, or marketing, are women, or you know, diverse mm-hmm. um, representation. So, I think that if you compare us to a lot of large Fortune 500 companies, you'll find that gaming industries, in many cases, are way more progressive and leaders than you'll find across the board in, in other organizations
0: interesting uh, and so let's talk about one other aspect of the the gaming industry uh, i I have seen you know on on your uh, on your website and in conversation I think you have talked about i think the term was responsible gaming certainly we've talked to other folks on the show i I think they were from anhaus and Bush talked about you know was've done a lot of work on responsible drinking um you know how do you think about the uh, gaming and what and your role in helping to create as you say to you know to keep it fun to keep it playful and not um dan- you know to not uh, for gambling not to become utterly detrimental for
2: exactly for I, customers you know we were the first company almost 25 years ago to really begin to lead with our responsible gaming program everything which including you know really keeping anyone under 21 off your gaming floors. We train all of our employees on understanding what disordered gaming is. We have responsible gaming ambassadors who are on the floor and if a customer needs help or is asking for help, they can sit down with them. They can tell them who to call, where to go to get help. We have an exclusion and restriction process and policy where a customer can say either I really don't want to come anymore or I don't want you to send me any advertising anymore (laughs) and we set up programs to either exclude or restrict we also can exclude a customer on our own um, if we think that they've gone beyond the bounds of, of where it's fun we even have external advertising done by our CEO you know, where the message is really, we want you to come and have a good time. You know, we welcome you as a customer, but if you're lonely or depressed or had too much to drink or have trouble setting or keeping a limit, then, you know, maybe you want to call this help number. And around the world, because I speak on responsible gaming globally, um, it and, and it, people are always surprised, but the incidence of real disordered problem gamblers is less than two percent mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and we take even though it's a small number we take that very seriously we have um collateral all over the gaming floors that talk about you know how to gamble responsibly know the odds you know the yeah. odds are not that you're going to win right but you could still have fun and you can win and, you know, keeping your children safe, you know, a Jen, number.
0: Jen, I want to I jump in for a moment here because I, I, time is flying by, and your quick last question you know, in a, in a sentence or two. What's your advice to um, to folks who are looking at the current environment and saying, wow, you know, we really need to bring government and business. We need to, to work across sectors. What's your advice for folks who are saying how do we build, you know, we need advice. We need help building these cross-sector collaborations really in a minute or less.
2: Have a strategy, have direction from the top, engage your senior senior management, drive it through the organization, make it authentic, and set definitive goals that you monitor to that you're actually achieving.
0: Great. Thanks so much for being with us. Jan Jones-Blackhurst, EVP of External Affairs and Corporate Responsibility for Caesars Entertainment Corporation. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, We'll be talking with Leslie Johnston, Executive Director of CNA Foundation. This is Dollars and Change on Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School.